Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast, Life and the Choices We Make. So today's episode, we have a guest from the United Kingdom. Her name is Juliet Caraman. And she is a um, a coach, but much more than that. She she'll explain when when you hear the episode. What she specializes in is something, of course, that I'm struggling with: is self love. Uh, what happens when you come out the other end of a relationship that was abusive, psychologically, mentally, spiritually abusive, um, gaslighting and cheating and lying etc etc how we find ourselves lost and not knowing how to move forward and where to go from there so we i just finished recording an episode with juliet and i have to tell you she was amazing um an amazing woman herself because she has some many coaches i found out I'm finding out through these interviews become coaches because of the trauma um, or the turmoil that they've gone through in their previous relationships. Um, so just, just a, a very, I'm very excited for you to hear this episode. Um, she offers me some great insights into how to heal and, and sit with thyself and make thy, become whole become a whole person again so i present to you my next episode my interview with juliet caraman enjoy hello everybody anonymous andrew back with you once again with another episode and today i have with me juliet caraman and she is a certified mind and body coach, an expert on relationships, sensuality, healing, trauma, and body shame. And she specializes, and this is what really drew me to her. She specializes in the reinvention of the most intimate relationship in life, the one you have with yourself. Good day, Juliet. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, by the way, I think, Juliet, you're in the UK? I'm in the UK, but I'm Dutch. But I've lived in the UK for 23 years. So. Okay. So when I, I when I say good day, I didn't know what time it is over there for you. So it's, yeah, it's six o'clock. <laughs> okay. Six in the evening. Okay. Anyway, I, thank you for coming on. Um, mm -hmm. So I have found myself on the other end of a relationship that I fully invested everything from money and, and spirituality and, and emotions and every, I poured everything into this last relationship only to find out that she was doing something on the side inappropriate. And I finally, finally walked away, but for two and a half years, I knew this was going on, but I stayed thinking that I could fix it. Yada, yada, you know, some of the story and came out on the other end and I'm a mess. And, and I, I don't have self-respect and I'm, I'm shameful and I'm embarrassed. And I'm sure this is nothing new to you. You've heard this with, with your patients or clients. So tell us a little bit about your story, how you got into this, and then we'll get into what you do to help people. Completely. Thank you for, for your honesty, Andrew. And, and yeah, a lot of us have been on that side. We've overstayed. We've done things that we actually knew weren't good for us, and yet we we did. 
So this is part of my journey as well. Um, I'm a mom of four kids. They're in their early 20s. I had four kids in in under three years time. So you can imagine what my house was like (laughs) when they were little. It was it was kind of mayhem. Um, Two of my kids were dyslexic. So I got into psychology and really wanted to help them. And then, of course, you know, I can't help my own kids, but I taught um, people with dyslexia, autism on the spectrum. Um, And then after I divorced my husband, who we're still very good friends uh, with, I got into another relationship with a guy with three children, three daughters. So between us, we had seven children, seven different schools, seven different holidays. So you can just imagine the strain on any relationship Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to co-create this. And I'm a recovering (laughs) overgiver because that is how we are programmed. Mm -hmm. So I overgave in that relationship as well. And I didn't really listen to my body until my body shut down. Mm. And I spent nine months in and out of hospital because I kept fainting and they implanted a heart monitor. I did brain scans every week because they just couldn't find out what was wrong with me. So that was where I hit rock bottom. Mm. Right. And I realized, okay, my body is trying to tell me something. Yeah, I'm not listening and I really need to stop caring so much about everyone else, but really go deep inside what it is that I need. So fast forward, um, yeah, the relationship broke up. I went deep into personal development and really started with some. I remember this one workshop that I went to. And they drew a line with tape, with big, you know, masking tape on the on the floor. And they said, has anyone ever been in love? And then to step over the line. So that was like the, the beginning of the Me Too, you know, like empathy movement, not the Me Too sexual harassment movement, right. but more like, oh, yeah, Me Too. So you don't feel ashamed anymore. It's like, oh, my God, I'm not the only one. And the questions got progressively more intense. Yeah, have you ever been abused? Have you ever been sexually abused? Uh, have you ever paid for sex? And it was like, have you ever been paid for sex? All these questions. And then you start pondering. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've gone out to dinner with someone and then I've had sex with them afterwards. Does that mean that I actually got paid for sex? Not as in a prostitute. But you start, you know, you start actually thinking. It's like, whoa, there are all these things. So that's really how I started. So then I went straight into... um conscious sexuality uh, rediscovered a shitload of trauma Mm. and kind of like followed the breadcrumbs. So every time something would come up to heal myself, it then helped me with either my clients or my sister who passed away, my parents who I helped pass over. So it was like every little turn, I trusted the things that would be on my path and I would learn. And I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm a relationship expert. I used to be a professional dominatrix, which really helped people heal. But it's all about the healing. It's all about getting back in touch with us, with ourselves. Mm. Because if you look back at when we're born, look at a little baby. It's born. Yeah, within the first few weeks of its life, unless it 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 it, you know gets ignored and and malnourished. It's happy. It's, yeah, it poops, smiles, uh, cries when it wants just attention. And if as parents we give that to the child, then it's absolutely fine. It's only later that we pick up these imprints like, you're not good enough. You're unlovable. Um, mm. You know, what are you doing? And it, it's, it always boils down. All the things, all the thoughts, all the the unworthiness. It's like, I'm not good enough or I'm unlovable. No one will love me. And then you start stopping loving yourself. And you always start looking outside yourself for approval, outside yourself for someone to make you happy. And this is where, you know, I come in, I say, no one can make you happy. <laughs> they can have you feel happy, but no mm. one can make you do anything. Interesting. Very interesting. I was often told by my ex that I didn't know how to accept love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't understand what that meant. And, and in, in my hindsight, in retrospect, whether she loved me or not, what her extracurricular activities aside, 
I don't think you can truly love somebody and, and, and then go out and sell your body. But, um, you know, it, um, and doing it, hiding it and, and denying it. But I didn't um, understand what she said when you, she said, you didn't know, I don't, I love you, but you can't accept my love. Mm. But she was probably right in the sense that I don't, don't know if I, I don't know, what is it? So let me ask you this. What does it mean to love oneself? What does it mean to love thyself? It's a difficult one, right? And, um, I think we're so conditioned in giving and I think especially mothers, you know, we're, we're, it's instinctive. We, yeah. you know, we breastfeed or we bottle feed our, our babies and then we just make sure that everyone is okay. So before we put our own oxygen mask on, we'll put the oxygen mask on everyone else, which then means that you're coming from a completely depleted place. Yeah. And, you know, that anything can just send you over the edge. And I mean, and I know this myself, having four kids in under three years time. I mean, my nervous system was fried. <laughs> I had a husband who traveled a lot. So it was like, Woo, it's all okay. on you. yeah. Um. So really, like, start filling, you know, people call it in, in coaching, start filling your own cup, but start by doing little acts of loving yourself. And at first, it's really difficult. You actually need to have lists. It's like, how do I love myself? Do I even know what I like? And most people don't. They know what they don't want, but they don't know what they do want. So for me, one of the questions that I have my couples when they've kind of grown apart, what I have them ask, um, I actually have them make a list of 10 qualities that they love about each other, and then they share it. Mm -hmm. So when I have people that don't love themselves either, that would be my first bit with them. So tell me a quality that you love about yourself. And most people are like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's just vain, and I can't do that, and that that's, that sounds ridiculous. Well, I, I, I don't think it sounds ridiculous, but I do agree that I, as soon as you said that, I almost had those little pangs of anxiety. I was like, Ooh, right? I, I, I wouldn't know. I would have a so if I take a piece of paper and write down number one, I'd be staring at it for a few minutes, not thinking what what would be the first thing I could would write about myself. Um, wow. Yeah. And a lot of people will say the things that they do. It's like, oh, I'm a good cook. It's like, that's something that you do. But do. what is a quality that you love about yourself? And for me, it took me a while to also get it. It's like, I'm I'm very loving. I'm very giving. I have a yeah, weird, odd sense of humor, but which cracks me up. And I have fun with myself. But isn't, so... That okay, so that I would put down number one, giving because I am very generous, and in a relationship, I will. If you want it, I'll buy it for you. If you if you want to go there, I'll take you there. Um, I guess the term would be people pleaser or just whatever. So if if I'm a lover or giving, but I do it over over too too much. Where it's a debt, where, like you said in the beginning, we we give too much and then we're depleted ourselves. Mm -hmm. So how do you how there has to be a balance there? There does. I mean, and I think what's a really good thing to do is to have a look at the love languages, and uh -huh. to take that test, and to see because I feel there's a big difference in how you receive the love languages. And for me, it's um, very much acts of service. Acts of service and physical touch are, mm -hmm. are very much my That's love me. languages. My ex-husband, how he used to like to give was giving gifts mm. and uh, and praising me, you know, but it's like, yeah, that just kind of like fell on dead, or dead ears because yeah. that's not how I receive. So how you receive love and how you give love are very different. So what you said about your your ex, you know, there might she might have been trying to give you love in a way that you actually couldn't receive. That you're oh. just not wired for that. Yeah. Uh, and and she uh, as I do these interviews, you know, I of course I get triggered on the visual images come up in my head. She was she was a giver. She 
but it was always what she wanted to do. She was very good with arts and crafts. She liked to, to work with her hands. So she would go to the arts and crafts store and bring all these paintbrushes and whatever, arts and crafts stuff over. And she would say, this afternoon, we're going to put out the paper. We're going to sit on the floor and we're going to make things. And I, I had no interest in doing that because I'm a science guy. I'm a geek. I'm, <laughs> but mm -hmm. but I did it and actually I enjoyed it. That was her way, but but she brought me into what she this is something interesting, and I don't know if this falls into your purview. Um she always we always did what she liked to do. We never did anything. She never said to me, What's a hobby of yours? And let's that she would didn't want to become interested in my hobbies mm. um or sports, like I play tennis. Now, I get that there are people who are not going to be able to play a sport if you've never played that sport. But there were other things that I was interested in that she just had no desire to find out about or join me with. Um, but yet, if it was something she wanted to do or was a hobby of hers, I participated or bought her things for it or or you, you, you see where i'm going with this so i completely see where you're going there and, and honestly that is a red flag right yep. because in a relationship and especially in the beginning it's all about finding out what makes the other person tick right and just like my 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 current partner my current fiance um he loves rugby and he he loves sport and, you know, the two men that I've been with previous, my ex-husband and my my other partner, just weren't so much into sports. So I just found it really typical, you know, man, man thing. Um, but I kind of, you know, he loves it. He, he, he'll get up early to watch rugby. He's, he's from New Zealand. So it's like, you know, eight o'clock morning. It's afternoon there and he watches his rugby and it's completely cool with me. I, I'm into personal development and coaching and I'll, I'll watch a program when he's doing that or I'll, I'll catch up on something. Oh, yeah. But it's really, it's also like the interesting thing is to kind of see, it's like, Hey, you know, be, be curious about each other. Thank you. you know, what, what is it that you like? It's like, and for me, it's like, at first like hearing about his rugby, I'm like, so what do you love about rugby? He's like, well, I'm a Kiwi, you know, the All Blacks. Come on, we play. This is what mm. we do in New Zealand. I'm like, okay, cool. So then I kind of like started asking him a bit more, and he's like, no, it's how I what I was brought up with, and I actually really like watching sports, and I it, it gets my adrenaline pumping, and I, and I enjoy it. And I'm like, great, now I understand because for me, sports is not a big deal, but I can definitely sit with it, and, you know, with you watching mm. it once in a while, or you do your thing and I'll do my thing. And then never, we'll come together afterwards. Never, never. I, I would, uh, before COVID, and we met before COVID, I was uh, playing tennis matches. And I, I often mm -hmm. would say, would you like to come watch me play? And she'd say, no, you, you go and do your thing. And that bothered me because I would like her to be, an, uh, or, as, as an audience, my, my, my lover, my, my partner should yeah. want to see what I'm doing. And... She wanted no part of that, never. Um, but yet, and that's a bit in communication, right? So, so I have this course called Scrumptious Communication, and we don't realize that even the way that we stand or that we look at someone is actually communicating something. So, by her just saying no, you just do your own thing, and not even being interested in the first, you know, yeah. maybe going once or asking you, "Hey, what does tennis give you?" what you know what entices you to play mm. tennis what is is, is, it, is the physical aspect do you get like new endorphins and then mm. and all these feel good chemicals what what is it is it the game actually interacting with other people what is it well she yeah she would never ask and and i i think it just became a thing where i i had a regular game each weekend or whatever and she would just come over after what i ended up doing and we were talking about this earlier is all of her hobbies so she was learning about tarot cards and mm -hmm. uh because in her culture where she came from it, it's a big thing and um of course 20 years ago or even maybe five years ago if you had mentioned uh, the only thing i knew about tarot cards is from a james bond movie where he was the the, the villain's um 
you know, assistant or whatever was put the death card down. It, I just, I remember that Hollywood plays it up a lot in the movies. That's all I knew about. It. I knew nothing about it, but yet she would come over with her cards and, and, and show me. And I, I actually took an interest in it. And now I'm a tarot card reader. Um, <laughs> something good came out of this right yeah except that in my learning it was i learning it just to appease her and bond with her because i really at the beginning had no interest and which also by the way led to astrology because she became she was an one to learn about astrology which is mm -hmm. part of tarot reading every so like the the domino effect that what if yeah. was related to this and um, you can't see my background, but but the, my whole apartment is is decorated in a Zen kind of environment. And I'm not I was never that type of person. So I, I guess in a way you, you could say something did good come of it. Um, but it wasn't. But but if you went to her place, you, you wouldn't know that I was I even existed, you know. So uh, matter of fact, she came over here in the first couple of months and started to redecorate my place you know which, how did you feel about that i'm i'm your typical bachelor guy that i i i don't know if i have my own style but i'm flexible mm -hmm. if you think that picture should go over there or that picture doesn't look good here and you want to put another picture up i'm okay with that as long as it's not i i it, i guess it's all about taste and taste in art or something. I how did I feel about that? I, of course, in the beginning, I, I, not only did I say sure, go ahead. I gave her a key to the house. <laughs> so, so while I was at work, she was over decorating and cleaning, and she did a lot of she she did clean a lot for me. Um, anyway, so we're getting. How did that have you feel though? The cleaning and taking care of your apartment and redecorating it a bit. Because that often is a step. It's like, oh, this is her showing her way of loving. Yes, me. I, I did see it that way. Um, and you mentioned something before about cooking. I love to cook. I happen. I have an Italian background, and my parents were Italian, and my father cooked. So I, I'm. A, I love to cook. But she came from a culture, um, a, a South American culture, and completely different cuisine that I'm used to. So she began coming over with her stuff, she would come over with grocery bags full of, of, of course, South American cuisine and um, proceeded to cook me meals. And, uh, and I, who doesn't like a taco or who doesn't like a burrito or all those, she never really made those, but she would make her cuisine. Um, and I began, I, that's just another example that I learned her cuisine, but anything that I cooked that I knew how to cook, she didn't like so mm -hmm. yeah so i it she it had to be what she liked so that goes back to what we were talking about before again i was always pleasing her but she never took an interest in any what anything what i did so i think that depleted me so going back to what we were saying earlier about giving 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 and pleasing 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 at the when when the relationship ends and I have given everything that I have and, and I can't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm empty. There's not, I'm a, yeah. And, and I really hear that a lot with people and they're like, oh my God, you know, it's, it's finally ended, but I am. Um, yeah. It's like, like I'm on the floor. <laughs> it's, and Julia, I don't even know what I like anymore. I don't know what I like. Um, and, and what do I do with my life now? Because I made her such a part of my life. 24-7, even though we didn't see each other 24-7, yeah. it was morning all day long, texting or phone calls or FaceTiming or or being together. And all of a sudden that it just was stripped away. And what does one do all of a sudden when you find yourself alone uh, and, and you don't know everything that you did for the past three years was something that she wanted to do. I had to almost learn how to play tennis all over again. I had to learn to cook my own food all over again. And, and, and that's just some examples. You, you have, uh, you're go ahead. grieving, right? Because oh, well, when a yeah. relationship ends, 
you are actually grieving because you're grieving the proximity of another person. So you're grieving just the the, the nearness, the the you know maybe maybe the physical touch, but also the things that you used to do together. And now all of a sudden yeah. you do that alone, and it doesn't have as much meaning maybe. So that's when I always suggest it's like okay so what are the things that you love about yourself what are the things that you used to love doing as a kid start looking back at that Ooh, are there some classes that you can do yeah uh, really for me what I keep saying is one of my quotes is like self-awareness is the first step towards self-love really awareness awareness of your patterns awareness of oh I was overgiving. where did I not say no you know, where did I, how does no, saying no to someone, how does that feel in mm. my body? Like, do I even know how to say no? Or is it always no because, right? So these are the, the, the like basics that I take my, my people from to. And we, we spend like a whole class. If I have groups, it's like, okay, so ask each other a question. Would you like to go out to dinner with me? And the, the answer is no. And, you know, even if you want to say yes, you're going to say no. Say and just no. to get used to saying no, 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 nothing else. Not no, because no, I have this and that, but just no, no is a full sentence. And we're not taught that because as kids, we're always, you know, yes, go and you know, go and kiss your uncle. Even if you don't yeah. like him, he's got like, you know, like, I don't know, like warts on his face. And you're like, eh, I don't want that. <laughs> but still, we're, we're, we're taught to override our own intuition as of very early. And honestly, you know, me as a mom, I've done that too, <laughs> which is probably one of the worst things. You're like, I'm super aware of everything now. And now I also see how I've screwed up my kids a little bit as well. So I'm constantly making amends to them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, doing a fourth step is, is hell of a good step right mm -hmm. i i have an interesting question for you and so when i was a teenager i was at a, a student exchange i went to south america mm -hmm. and uh it was a program and i lived with the family for almost a year and oh, wow. they and they sent up one of their uh children teens to live with my family it was a student exchange we swapped and I learned, I learned Spanish. I learned to speak Spanish at 15, 16. And, and when I graduated high school, I was also taking French. So I learned three languages. Amazing. I spoke, yeah. And I spoke Spanish fluently when I was 16, 17, 18. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. When I came back home, there was nobody to speak Spanish to. So slowly over yeah. the next couple of years, I just, it, it, it just went away. Yeah. When I met her, it was gone because I'm talking 20 years old and I'm 60. So 40 years of, of, I lost the language. I started to learn Spanish again while mm -hmm. I was with her. So, uh, she would help me. She would write things down and, and we would, she would have conversations with me. But I think after a while, she said to me, you go learn and then come to me and we'll practice whatever. I, I signed up for some courses and some apps and whatever. And, and of course I'm halfway there, right? It's not like I'm, I can speak Spanish a little bit. Now the relationship ends. What do I do with learning that language? Because I, I put a lot of, forget the money, the effort and, and time into trying to learn that language again. And I'm halfway there. Do I continue doing that? I have been, um, but it triggers me because I'm learning a language that I knew as a kid, mm -hmm. but I only started to pick up to learn again because of the past girlfriend. So tell me, why do you want to, do you still want to learn Spanish? Or was it re in relationship to her that you wanted? In to the speak? beginning, it was with relationship to her. I wanted to learn her native language, yeah, thinking that, that we and were going to be... I could rationalize an answer for you by saying it's America's second language or the world's second language, I guess. Yeah. And my job where I work, it's mostly Hispanic employees. I'm, I'm an IT director, but there's many people there and the Spanish spoken all day long. So I could make an argument that having that as a second language would be beneficial in today's society be, to being bilingual is, is a plus, right? Completely. But do I need to? No. I don't think you need anything. 
But if you just go back to like, you were proud of speaking Spanish before you met her, right? You now have all these other people that you can speak Spanish to. For me, I mean, I speak Dutch is my mother tongue, Dutch, English, French, and Spanish, and a little bit of Arabic. Um, wow. So, and it's interesting when I switch between the languages, it's almost like I become a different persona. Uh, because, you know, I mean, I speak English you know, pretty well, I would say. I <laughs> Spanish say. and French, not as well, not as fluent as I speak my English, but pretty well. Um, yeah, there'll be a few us and, and things like this. But I really like being able to switch between languages because it gives me so much. So go back into what does speaking Spanish give you? What are the things that you know that you love about it? What what are the things that that you found interesting? Go back to when you spent that year abroad, mm -hmm. and then if you can feel into those emotions, because that's you know yes you can reason mentally like it would be good you know good to speak it. There are other people in my my job profession that I could help with, but if you can actually tie an emotion to it, you'll be much more likely to succeed. I have another rationalization is that my father thought he passed away from a very rare form of cancer, but in the, also had dementia. So mm -hmm. it's it dementia is in my, I guess my genes. Um, and I've read that in your twilight years, sixties, if you activate the brain and, and, and continue to learn and, and make those brain cells work, it can ward off Alzheimer's or dementia. So I, I, I think my, my learning, continuing to learn Spanish is making my brain work more. Um, completely, you can completely yeah. rewire it. My dad also passed away from dementia. So mm. I, I hear you loud and clear. Horrible. And this Horrible. is why I continue to try and rewire my brain by learning new things every yeah. day. I, I wanna ask you about, um, you have courses coaching, VIP experiences, and retreats, but you have something called Rapid Release Rewire and Restore Method. Yes. You want to tell us about that? <laughs> Ooh, I do. Oh, no. Hold on. Sorry. My earrings fell out. <laughs> <laughs> it is a method. So I've, I worked for an organization called the Accelerated Evolution Academy for three years, and I was one of their master trainers to help other coaches and therapists um, through processes that could help themselves and their clients move through stuckness, intense experiences, trauma. Um, and that is what my R4 method is also based on. And I'm also a hypnotherapist. So I've, I've picked up so many skills. You know, my toolbox, I call it Juliet's jewels, instead of you know, my, my jewel box is pretty massive. I have lots of different skills. And I've kind of like, put them all together in this process that I take people through so that we can actually really rapidly move you through the stuckness that we have in emotions because any intense experience is always made or any experience is made up out of an image, out of a thought, out of a body sensation and out of an emotion. Mm. So if we really bring it back to, yeah, say that the, the guy the car in front of you cut you off or braked really quickly. What's the image? You know, you see the, the lights going on. What's the thought? Like, you know, whatever, whatever explosive thought you might have, you know, an yeah. idiot, whatever. Oh, right? fuck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how much you can curse on your, your, your whatever you want to say. Trying to Unfiltered. be careful here. <laughs> uh, and then the body sensation might be like a tightening, like a contraction somewhere, right? And the emotions is like oh, anger or annoyance. Yeah. And that is how we move through life. We have those four elements that we always call up when we've had an experience and to actually move through the stuckness, mm. um, because, you know, like you're, if I talk about you and your, your ex, there's still a lot of anger and there's a lot of hurt there. Right. So if we look at those emotions, but if you can duplicate them, then you can move through them and then you can actually let go of the charge so that you then get to a much more altered state that there's almost like this meditative state of nothingness where it's mm. like, oh, yeah, that's something that happened to me, but it doesn't define me. Interesting. 
So would rapid release, rewire, and restore method be helpful in self-love or self-acceptance? Completely. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Because oftentimes that is the thing, like what what does self-love mean to you? Yeah. If I say feel self-love, how would you what's what's the image that mm. you what's the emotion? What's the thought? What's the body sensation? And really to allow yourself to feel that. And then what I do often is I'll do a polarity which, you know, we live in this dualistic world, white and black, good and bad, etc. But they're opposite sides of the same coin. So if we can feel both, so self-love and say self-hate mm. at the same time, then we release the charge, either, you know, the pull towards one or the repulsion of the other. And then you get into a state of choice, which is, if we look at all the Buddhas and, and all the, the, you know, the enlightened people, you get to a place of choice where you don't choose suffering anymore. Because that is one thing that we humans do. We choose suffering. We think about what is might go wrong. Or we think about in the past what did go wrong. Mm -hmm. Instead of being in this moment, am I breathing? Is my heart beating? Am I actually having a really interesting conversation at this moment? I'm perfect. Mm. That's the the uh, the concept of being present in the now. So, completely. Um, when the relationship ended, I found all this money that I had all of a sudden because there was a lot of money spent on her every weekend she got roses every weekend and you know roses can go from 16 to 30 dollars whatever depending on the the florist or whatever and the cuisine that i would buy and the trips and the dinner all of, so the point is i i all of a sudden found oh i have all this extra money i'm the type of person that never really bought anything for myself um mm -hmm. Bar, by barring necessities like when they when the iphones came out i'm a tech guy so i bought the iphone but if i saw something and i wanted it and it was a hundred dollars i say do i really 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 need that but i want it but no so i would not i, I wouldn't uh treat myself to it when mm -hmm. the relationship ended and and i quick couple months passed by and I had I shouldn't say I had all this money but I, I found money extra I ended up buying um I, this podcast is I was also a DJ in college and I, I studied mm -hmm. to go into radio um I've been told I have a good voice and blah 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 so I've always wanted to do a podcast so I went out and bought all this podcast equipment a computer and the mic and the, and the headphones and the editing software um I treated myself to that so in a way, that was one thing that I did for myself, and mm -hmm. I'm happy that I did that. But that was more of a financial treat by spending mm -hmm. money on myself. What are some other things that I could do to help fill? There's a void. I have a void in me. There is a void. I yeah. hear it. I feel it. So what are some of the things that you like to do as a kid? Name me two or three things that, you know, as a kid, you, you enjoyed doing. And they could be as simple as flying a kite, uh, going racing cars, whatever, bicycling, whatever well, it is. Right? I, I was brought up, I actually was brought up in Texas um, in Arizona. Mm -hmm. and, and in those days, of course, it was still cowboys and Indians. So we played cowboys and Indians as a child. My dad yeah. was in uh in a, in a military base down there uh for the vietnam war um boy I, I that's a tough question to answer i i had a lot of hobbies i guess a lot of it was technological i i tell the story frequently that when i was younger i i liked walkie talkies i thought that was fascinating mm -hmm. of course uh, there's a, a a company called Radio Shack. I, they're no longer around, yeah. but but back in the day, I lived in Texas. <laughs> okay, so I would I ran to Radio Shack one day and bought some walkie talkies. And my next door neighbor, we could talk to each other at night, like 
this is obviously way before cell phones and we were this was so cool wow you could have this little box, plastic box and i could talk so one day i said it only had a range of like 500 feet and i thought that if i took the battery out and plugged it into the wall so instead of a nine volt battery 120 volts or whatever i i almost started a fire in the house but those are the things that i like to do i was very i would like to take things apart and put them back together again yeah inquisitive and i like to see how things yeah. work and um but i think that's what i'm doing with this podcast instead of doing technical things or geeky things uh -huh. I'm learning about how, how the brain works. How the brain works, right? Yeah. Because that's it. So when we, you know, where we put our attention on, that's obviously what expands, right? And and that's how you actually rewire stuff as well. So start start thinking about things that you used to like, you know, so it's the inquisitiveness, right? So mm -hmm. it, you're interested in things. So you're interested in how things work. You're interested maybe in, in making new connections with people, you know, the walkie talkie that that's kind of like sharing it with someone. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm trying to see what the emotions behind it was. What, what were the things that actually you liked about that experience? So start looking at how maybe you can join a class. Mm. Um, like you said, do you like playing tennis? Do you have friends that you play tennis with? Yeah, I do. I do have a, a tennis. Yeah circle you have your 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 tennis thing maybe that can become a weekly thing again um you know do something weird and 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 have a look at what what classes are nearby That's is there idea. i don't know is there ballroom dancing that you'd be like oh i'm not sure uh, whatever I, you know but something it's like go outside your comfort zone a little bit and just see okay this week i'm going to do one thing which is outside my comfort zone taking yourself on a date I take myself on dates all the time. So I'll go out for breakfast or I'll go out for coffee in a, in a nice hotel. Just yeah, I wouldn't do that. I, I, there's something about me doing that that just, but I, I like the idea, but I just don't see myself. So there's a great restaurant across the street from me. It's very fancy that I would take a date on, but I would never go over there myself. But maybe that's something. But, but what's what's that about, right? So you spend money on others. So that your love language there is giving, right? Giving gifts. Mm. What about, how do you receive? How are you at receiving, right? I'm, I'm apparently not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and we usually aren't, you know? We haven't been taught how to receive. Mm. That's what's, what's been coming through for me. I'm gonna actually do a masterclass on that soon. Just the art of receiving, the receiving codes. What? Why is it so difficult to receive? and actually to receive gracefully or without the need to give something back. But actually, you know, men often like to be in service, like to, you know, cook for us, drive. Like I, I was just in Lebanon and, and, Bay, um, and Dubai for, for two weeks visiting my ex-husband and my kids, my sons. And my partner drove me to the airport. So he took half a day off. And I was like, but I can do that myself or, you know, just don't bother. But it's like, no, he actually wanted to spend the time with me. So he wanted to spend the two hours driving there and two hours driving back for him. And I'm just thinking, it's like, yeah, but you know, that's just taking away from his day. But for him, that gave him a lot of intimacy. Mm. But, you know, we women have been so taught that we need to be self-sufficient that we don't receive well from our men. No. So, I received that he brought me away. And I vice received, versa. We don't receive. vice versa. Right. I received that my ex-husband and son came and picked me up from the airport, that they cooked for me, that they arranged a house for me, that they bought me flowers. And it was like, oh, I can just brush this under the, you know, under the carpet and kind of like act like it's normal. Or I can really receive that this is their way of loving me and of saying, hey, I'm happy that you're in my life. So then when you receive that, then you can also express saying, hey, I really appreciate that you brought me to the airport because it has me feel really close to you. How th there is one thing that I would like to treat myself to or indulge in. And uh, but I know I'll be triggered. So mm -hmm. I'm a beach person. I grew up it, I'm outside New York City and there's many beaches here. And we have long winters here as 
you you might know. And so the three months of the summer we get are I treasure. They are the happiest three months of the year for me. And I literally live six to eight blocks, depending. There's a bridge in between. So I don't know how, how you count a bridge as a block, but whatever. I could bicycle to the beach. The past three, and my audience has heard this, and I'm sorry, audience, because you, you hear me repeat this over and over again. I'm a beach person. And for the past three summers, I took the girlfriend and I went to the beach religiously every weekend. We pack up the picnic bag and we packed up the chairs and got put the wagon and went down to the beach and we would spend eight hours. We get there at 10 in the morning and come home at six at night. And it was our happy place, music, and we would play Frisbee. And, and yeah, I have no one to go to the beach with this year. Yeah, yes, I have friends and I have people that are asking me, hey, let's go down to the boardwalk and yada, yada, yada. But I want to go down to the beach and sit on the beach. Go ahead. You want to say something? Yeah, I want you actually just to tap into that. I have no one to go to the beach with mm. this year. And I want you just to tap into what feeling that brings up. Loneliness or isolation. Beautiful. So can you just feel that loneliness? Hmm isolation and just sit with that for a moment and you might notice where it's starting to appear in your body there's a constriction or a tightness or a heaviness somewhere mm -hmm. there is yeah. beautiful so i want you just to go ahead and place your heart in your hand on that part of your body if that feels all right and then take a breath in and then what is that part? Because that's a part of you, right? What is yeah. that part trying to tell you? What does it want for you? Consciously or subconsciously? Because I subconsciously, I, whatever comes up first. Because I know that all I need to do is get on my bicycle and and put on my earbuds and and head down to the boardwalk. And I could spend hours down there. I, I, I'm, I've been in this town for 20 years and I know many people. And, and of course, my 12-step program is people all over the place. I could go down to the beach and spend a day at the beach by myself yeah. and I'll run into people. But there's something keeping me from doing that. Yeah, there's that memory of doing this together with her. Yeah, that's it. And that's where they're still charged, right? So that's why I was saying, like, let's recreate just that feeling and move through it. And that's how you release that charge. Not to mention, I'm afraid that I might run into her down there as well, because there was a spot that she loved. And um, we sat at the same spot every week. And if I know that if I go down there, I will either consciously or subconsciously look for her to see if she she had the beach this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I want to run into her. Um, so there's a, is that trigger going on effect? So of course the beach I is two that. miles long. I could go anywhere else and, and just avoid that area, but. Well, you know, what? it's actually, then you're avoiding part of that charge, yeah. right? So for, for me, this is where a 12 step has helped me as well. It, I would write, you know, dear God, I'm resentful at yeah. meeting her, you know, I would spend mm. 15 minutes in the morning actually writing my resentments yeah. out. And then tearing them up or burning them or whatever, but you get it out because that's the whole thing, right? I, I tell people to do automatic writing or you know, to tap and bitch. I, I, I do EFT, so I'm a tapper as well. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, also helps emotional release. All these things actually help move stuck emotions through the body so that when you do run into it, it's kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the boundaries? That, you know, like what would what would you do if you do meet her? Do you turn around and you don't want to see her, or will you go and talk to her? When oh. does it, you know, when do you pull away? Those are things to think about a little bit as well. Yeah, I've given that a lot of thought, and because there there are times like tomorrow, I'm I have some time in the afternoon that I'm finally this podcasting thing is wonderful, but it keeps busy. I I think you're are you a podcaster as well? I am, yes. Yeah, yeah, so you know how much is involved. It's a labor of love. And yeah, uh, after you, I have another interview. And then, of course, there's all the editing. And uh, you might have people are doing it for you, but I'm self-producing. Anyway, it yeah. keeps me busy. 
But tomorrow I've taken some time and put aside for myself. Uh, and if the weather cooperates, I'm going to, I may go down to the beach, but I've had this conversation with myself. What happens if I do run into her? Um, mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, it's been a no contact breakup. I, I have no idea what she's doing with herself. I don't know if she's dating again, if she's, I, I and I don't give it a lot of thought. I don't take up space in my head with it. Um, but the fear is running into her and then that would be awkward. What do you say? Uh, because I am resentful, not necessarily all at her, but I have a lot of resentment or shame for myself that I allowed her to do this to me. And I've often told people that I'm an educated person. I went to college and I, I actually went to post-college. I, I picked up a, a certification and another degree and yada, yada, yada. And, and you could be educated intellectually book like oh yeah but <laughs> mentally and psychologically you could be a mess <laughs> so. oh my goodness the amount of people i mean most 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 of my clients are have all finished university and some of them have phds and and are yep. like you know mm -hmm. kind of like you know yes educational massive but then when it comes to matters of the heart the human level so. yeah no. Not so emotionally intelligence and emotional intelligence is really important. So for you to figure out what are the things that you're going to say no to, mm. like in the next relationship or even in dating someone. And that's, that's and that brings up the next subject is about dating. I, I, I'm, I'd like to talk, I'm going to start shifting the episode into dating, but I'm not, I don't think I'm ready for it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I've been single for seven or eight months now. And and in the beginning, it was difficult because I had to find my way through the dark. But now I'm kind of getting comfortable, used to being, I, I have a routine now. And I'm almost afraid to start dating because then I just found a routine. I just found my niche. And if I start dating, then I got to break that pattern. And I don't, but yet I'm lonely. I would like to be with somebody. It, it's very. It's, it's interesting, right? It's a catch 22 there. That's the so word. I hear you saying you're lonely, but you've finally gotten into a routine. You're starting to love yourself a little bit. You're starting to do things for you. So earlier on, you were asking, what can I do a self-love thing? So it's like maybe going for a hike, maybe going for a walk in the park is self-love for you. Being in nature always helps. Yeah. Maybe it means taking a shower, having a bath, whatever those little things for me what I do is I buy myself flowers or I pick flowers from the garden or, or you know in the park whatever uh little and I call them my bundles of joy so every time I look at things or I'll put a candle somewhere I'll, I'll put things in my interior that when my eye re um, rests on it I'm like oh that brings me joy what is it that brings you joy? And you start being inquisitive about yourself. What is it that brings you joy? Yeah, sometimes I have people actually do a dance break. Yeah, set the timer on your phone. Five minutes, if you have like five minutes in between podcasts or, or five minutes somewhere in your day and just put a good song on and move your body because so much is stuck in the body. And unless mm. we move it, yeah, we don't actually know. And, and maybe like singing in the shower, do these these weird things and start exploring a little bit. And and you, you just triggered another visual because during the relationship, <clears throat> one of my birthdays, I months earlier, she had asked me, would I be interested in taking salsa lessons with her because she wanted to learn salsa. Of course, what, what, what do you think I said? Of course, yeah, sure, I'd love to. But of sure. course, I had, what, salsa? No, uh, you know, my birthday, second birthday in the relationship, she surprised me by taking me to a salsa lesson studio and, and signed me up for six weeks of salsa lessons. So I, know, I now know how to salsa. Mm -hmm. So, um, Do you enjoy it? Or is it tied to her? It's tied to her. I would just, you can't salsa on your own. I mean, sure you could. You could practice the step, the dance moves, but um, 
salsa but, is you know, salsa bars obviously you need to be with someone else but i mean i i i remember learning how to salsa and i'm not very good at it so but i'd go and i'd actually just have fun there and yeah people they swirl you around when they know how to lead it's great actually finding men that know how to salsa it's great so you, yeah. you're not only woman salsa but that's the whole thing right what is the emotion that's holding you back from that because it's still tied to her it's, everything seems to be tied all these things she introduced me to the tarot cards the salsa the cooking the astrology uh, if i delve into it it while i might enjoy it it triggers an emotion but the beautiful thing is you were together with this woman for a while and there were some beautiful things You've actually taken on some of the things that you that she liked and you've actually made them your own. Incorporated them into my life, yeah. You've incorporated them into your life. You've learned a lot. There were certain things that you did not accept. And that's the whole thing, right? To separate the things that were good because it sounds like there were quite a few good things. There were. There were. It was not a very... There's the hurt now. So it's, it's that sometimes just takes a bit of time. And it brings awareness into your patterns. And that's it. So you know that a next time that someone isn't interested in asking you questions about yourself or your heritage or what kind of interests you like. And it's like, oh, okay. And only talks about herself. Then it's like, yeah, maybe that's not the person to be with. Mm. And maybe the dating thing can just be, hey, let's let's meet up with some people just to have fun. Have fun. Yeah, maybe you can maybe you can meet up with someone to play, I don't know, to play a foosball or to play beach basketball or whatever it is, volleyball. I think you guys do on the beach. We do volleyball. Just like little things like that, right? It's like because you want that companionship, and it doesn't necessarily mean romantic, but it's just like you know, someone to hang out with, maybe go to a movie with. I went last night with a group of friends from one of my 12-step meetings and we went someplace and, and it was a social event and I met quite a few women there and uh, I, I realized the dating app world is just horrible. I don't, you're, you're, you're engaged and, and I don't know if you've ever been on a dating app, but it's just horrible. I, I really would like to meet swipe somebody. Left, swipe right. Yep. Oh my God, it's horrible. Juliet, it's just a disaster out there. I want to meet somebody in real life, IRL. And, uh, but you have to get out there to do that. You have to become sociable. Um, I, I, I'd like to start to wrap this up. I have two questions for you. One, yeah. w- one is about me and then one will be, I'd like you to wrap up your practice and, and, and how people can find you and all that. Mm-hmm. These seven months have been no contact and I have been very strong in doing all these things and keeping busy and and not, of course, in the early days of the breakup, wanting to call her and reach out to her every day was a struggle. No, I'm not going to do it. And and I would, I would hide the phone or whatever. And I got to the point where, and then I started doing the podcast where I realized she's just not the right woman for me and the things that she was doing and, and she, and she probably hasn't fixed them and yada, yada, yada. After the dating app, I went through a couple of dating apps in the last month or two, and it's just horrible. And, and, and there's an expression, the devil stick with the devil, you know, then the devil, you don't, you know? So all of a sudden I find my consciousness, subconsciousness saying, what would happen if I reached out to her just to say hello? And, that I I do not so on the logical rational level will not do and cannot do. But there's a part of me that is pushing up, saying, "Why not? What what could a phone call or a text message or whatever hurt into just calling and saying hello?" I don't, but I think that would be dangerous. How, can you navigate me to that? Right? Because if you if you go to SLA, that's what they'll tell you. That's your sobriety not to reach out, to really have that be a no contact rule. And uh, I know a friend of mine, um, not the same situation, but, you know, she was very hooked on this guy and it just wasn't going anywhere. So she went to SLA after doing Debtors Anonymous and then she loves the 12 step program. So that was really no contact. And she said that was the only way through it because she just adored this guy so much and it just wasn't good for either of them and that's the whole thing right but your subconscious is constantly 
looking out for you, but then our mind tries to trick us, right? Because mm -hmm. if we really feel into our heart, it's like there's still some love for her. You know that. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. have like like a massive heart and there's there's some hurt, definitely. But there's also, you know, start thinking and actually just writing about the good things. What how did also how did this happen for you instead of to you? How did you find this out before maybe you got married or before you were even much more ingrained, right? Mm. And now you know that you can also help others who are going through with this. That's you what I'm trying to do. Spot, spot yeah. the red flags. You can say, hey, when this is happening, check in with yourself. What is it actually that you want? What are your boundaries? What are your hell no's? And what, and what are you going to do? What are the consequences that if you have a boundary like, hey, you can't speak to me like this. What are you going to do if they speak to you like that? Are you going to remove yourself? Or, you, know, you have to have a consequence, right? So those are the things that we aren't taught because no. <laughs> we just aren't. We're just now learning about this. Okay. Yeah. I, and uh, I'll work that out. I'm, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll not reach out to her, but it's, it's, it's becoming... I've noticed in the last week or two because the dating apps have just been just a no go. I've I've reached I've connected with women, I've talked to women, I've video with women, but they're just dead. It it's horrible. Um, I, I even connected with a woman this morning who apparently is from Ukraine. Of course, that's a red flag because it's probably a scammer. But she reached out to me, and I, I can't. I I trying to get a conversation going. She's whatever. I, it's just horrible. So that, what about, I mean, you have a community in your 12-step program, right? Yes, we do. So because that is the most important with any breakup, with any grief that you're going through. So it's that you can talk to like-minded people, that you can actually be seen, heard, understood. Yeah. And, and that's what we all want, right? We all want to be loved in this way at one point. Are you referring to possibly finding a mate in the 12-step program? I would just say, just be open, have fun with them. Um, you know, just have like, like friendships with people. Start friendships. With I can do. Yeah. Start but... with that and then see what those roll into, because that is actually how you will meet. Maybe, maybe they were like, Oh, you know what? I've got this really nice girl. I think you guys should meet. And that's how oftentimes it, it works because you are starting to be you know, friendly and, and you're telling them your story. You're actually showing who you are. And then that could be a snowball effect. Well, the the and, and I agree, but there is an old old time, we call them old timers, guys, men and women who have 30, 40, 50 years of sobriety, and they've been around for a while. I asked one of them, I said, What is your opinion on dating within the 12 step community? Oh, no, not good idea. <laughs> no. And he said to me, Would you go shopping in the and shop in the aisle with the dented cans? And I thought that was a very interesting reply, it you know, is. and I said, no, I wouldn't. So, so no, but it's to build friendships, right? And right. building friendships and networking will also bring networking and also will bring up your confidence because your confidence got shaken. Yeah. shaken yeah. Right. And it's just like, then people see you for the funny guy that you are, for the loving guy you are. And it's just like, oh, okay, so I can do this. So I'm not broken. And, and, and I know I'm not broken, although I have some dents and and scrapes and scratches that i would like to polish oh, up bruised yeah absolutely <laughs> juliet so first of all thank you so much um th this has been such an enlightening conversation and uh you wow uh giving me a lot to think about tell tell our audience how they can find of course in the show notes i will put all the information on your contact. Your yeah. publisher sent me all that information. I'll put everything in the show notes. Just we want to wrap it up with a little bit about what's the best place to to reach out to you. Is it your website? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? And and how would they go about it? Feelfully, you is my website, uh, and on that is are the links to Instagram and to Facebook. There are a whole bunch of free. Um, hypnotherapy, three meditations, free downloads. There's even, I have this course called Scrumptious Dates and you get the first mm. week for free. And if mm. you like it, that's like, oh. And it's actually a really good one to do by yourself as well, the first three weeks. <laughs> so, okay. Um, 
I don't do any any partner dating until much later. So that's fun. My um, Instagram is Juliet, so French spelling with double T-E, Caraman, K-A-R-A-M-A-N, and the same on Facebook. And I think I'm on LinkedIn as well. But you can just Google me, Juliet Caraman, and a whole bunch of stuff will come up. And there'll be some articles and, and whatever. So there's there are a lot of courses there that are evergreen that people can just take on their own. Um, you know, maybe just feel into what does it mean to feel? You know, what, because people are like, yeah, I feel terrible, but, but what does feeling terrible actually feel like to, to you? Feel into your body, really share that body sensations that are going on. If you scan, it's like, okay, so feeling terrible feels a clenching in my gut and it's cold and it's tight. And once you share that with someone, they understand. It's like, oh, okay, I, I, I can understand what that feels yeah. like in my body. But we're just not used to sharing like that because no. that's a little bit too intimate. <laughs> Vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Vulnerability is key, though. I mean, if you really want to be intimate with yourself, be vulnerable. And yeah, and, and, and say, yes, I'm pissed off at this or I'm, yeah, I'm hurt. I'm, I, yeah, I want to cry. I mean, when I went through the grief of my parents and my sister, I, I was on the floor at times, you know, crying. Mm. And then next moment I was laughing in the in the the hmm. you know, the star of the party. But I would warn people, I'm like, hey, I'm grieving. So I'm gonna have the full totality of my feelings. So that means I'll be laughing, but next time, you know, next minute, snot might be flying all over the place. <laughs> but they realize it's like, oh, this is what feeling is. We can't numb one thing and no. then yet want to have access to all the good things in life. You're amazing. You're an amazing woman and you have so much insight and I think you have so much to offer. So thank you, thank you so much. I, as soon as I get off, I'm going to jump on Instagram and follow you. And I, I've already been on your website. I did. It's a very nice website. And I will, um, I, to my audience, you got to check uh, Juliet out. She's got some amazing, and, and I love, I love some of these uh, modalities that you're, you're, you have, um, so, Julia Caraman, thank yep. you so much for joining me today. Uh, maybe we'll have you back in the future. Um, Absolutely, cool. It's been, cool. A, it's, been an, uh, it's been a pleasure having you today, and thank you so much from all the way from the United Kingdom, across the pond, as they say. Across the pond. Have a great weekend and make it over to the beach tomorrow. I will do that. I promise <laughs> you. All I can say is, again, wow. Um, I'm just blown away by these wonderful people that I'm finding. So much insight, so much advice, so much uh, educational material and things that I need to hear. And I hope on some level it's helping you. I'm not, th th while this is my story, it is, I'm telling it and I'm, and I'm bringing on these experts to help us heal if you're going through a breakup or you're post breakup or you're stuck in a relationship and you're struggling with self-love and and self-respect and don't know what to do when you're lost or, or you don't know how to get out all of these episodes are for you all i ask in return is that you take five not even five, two minutes and go down to the bottom. If you can, if your platform allows you to leave a review, please give me five stars and leave a little blurb. It helps me get the message out there quicker and faster. And, and I get pushed up into the podcast world. Folks, there's a million podcasts out there and I'm just a lonely wolf. And, um, but one day hopefully we'll get some sort of um, ranking where I'll be amongst um, I'll never be the top 10 but you know top 100 maybe one day or top 500 I don't know please leave me a review ladies and gentlemen if it feels good do it and if it's a choice you have to make please choose wisely until next time ciao